morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, hosted by your two favorite people, Florence Ion and Andy Anako. This is episode number 260, and we're here to you. We're here to you. We're here for you today on this day. Hi, Andy. Hello, Flo. And I, I'm, I'm flattered that I might be someone's favorite person. I'm, empirical evidence would not bear this out. However, it's still a good thing to aspire to. Okay, Andy, I'm going to make you blush, but in my Discord, I often get a couple of I love Andy comments oh. in there. So just so you know, people are thinking about you, um, which is nice. nice. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> how are you this week? How are we feeling? <laughs> I have, I'm having a pretty good week. It's uh, the, the 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 the. I'm getting more and more of the house back. Oh, good. <laughs> after, after after like months and months of it's the like, saw, isn't it? Hmm? The the saw the saw that you bought the, the sawzall oh, whatever well, no, it's no, called. Not, not the, no, the the cardboard cutting device. <laughs> yes. No, it's not. No, it's. <laughs> I'm like imagining this giant sawzall for cutting down trees, and Andy's just hacking at these giant cardboard boxes, taking over his apartment. Well, but, but you're not you're not that far off the mark because I'm a, I'm uh, uh, I think I, I'm I've probably said before that like way back in March I decided that okay I'm just going to write off. Everything through June. I'm not even going to have the expectation that any time before July 1st, there'll be anything even close to a simulation of right. normalcy right. for for our communal safety. Um, and now I'm like, OK, we're definitely going to throw July in there, too, which is not not for me a, de- a super depressing thing. It's more like, OK, well, so if we're not getting if we're not having guests over at the house through July right. as well. And no, and hopefully I'll have like the the house cleaner than it's ever like the 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 year not just like the recovering from uh, several months of not really being able to like stand for stand or right. walk around and do cleaning but like the annual like pulling all the furniture into the center of the room like dry like wet washing all the baseboards and the and the ceilings and all that sort of stuff like that, the the actual deep cleaning I, now i'm that that sickness sort of like sets in saying that you know what what if we were to build like a half wall here to like better delineate the office section from the rest of that room you wouldn't be and the what- first person <laughs> i have a friend who just did this in their new york apartment like they they got one of those walls and it was to like basically create, you know, create like a new layout in an apartment that just to kind of make it seem a little, you know what I mean? It's it, it's creative. It's it's a creative way. And I've done the same thing. I did the same thing when I lived in a studio. Yeah. Um, I learned incredible ways of making partitions. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's it's but it's like it's it's a little bit beyond that. And there's I, I don't think I'm going to paint, but it's it's more like I I will not have this excuse again for her, hopefully for some time to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, like and knowing the way that I do projects is that uh, is that it's not that I start them and then don't finish them. It's just that I really like to plan things out. I am Father's Father's Day is coming up. My father was great. Loved my father. In retrospect, some of the great, most fun I had with my dad was being the extended family's unlicensed home contractors. I'm, You've I mentioned was the, this, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I, it's, it's been a while since I put up drywall. 
been a while since I put in an, an illegal toilet. Man, he put you to work. <laughs> I, oh, believe me, I was lay, I was laying tile. I was running conduit. Wow. I was we we and anyway. Uh, the the only the only thing the, the only negative part of that experience was the times where like imagine me like twelve years old and like holding up like a like three door like uh, kitchen cabinet and holding it in place because dad forgot to get the right kind of tool and we had already committed to having this thing in place and it's a little bit in but it's not completely in and so i have to like stand there for and holding this thing up for i don't think it was anything less than a half an hour while he like solved these little problems and it's not i'm not like loof not like the incredible hulk i'm talking about it's it's the weight is being carried by like a stringer that's underneath it it's just that it will fall down unless there is something propping it up that that prop being me and so the the lingering effect of that is that i'm not the person who like well we'll solve problems as we go along it's more like no we're going to have a battle plan and we're going to have a plan b right. for when the things that we're assuming will go right, right don't go right so that at least we know exactly how things are going to play out so that that's why something that will <laughs> that's why something as simple as okay so if we tear down that freestanding like closet that someone put up like 15 years ago we could probably put turn that out that uh, that closet area into a bed alcove and then we could put swinging doors here and that's like okay i'm not gonna see i'm not gonna like tear down like this freestanding closet and discover that oh there is no plaster behind this there is no like, <laughs> like a bad hgtv or it's like the the formula of an hgtv show except that there it's all planned including the surprise and delight so right yeah <laughs> And and there's the the phrase the phrase does not come in the big reveal. Now we know that your grandfather was a firefighter, so we turned your king size bed into a fire truck. Turn on the lights and the sirens. Oh, you didn't do that, did you? I'm a grown man, and even when I was eight years old, I probably would not have enjoyed okay, that. I will I say there is the version of this show that you're like the remodeling show, but for kids' bedrooms on Universal Kids, which is a channel on YouTube TV. And <laughs> my husband caught me watching it one day. He's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, because the kids' rooms are so cool. Like, one of them had like a full <laughs> they they re they took some old um computer boards and like made this whole control panel to make it look like the kid had a space control panel oh, underneath yeah, his like those. loft bed. Like all these like cool little things that anyway, neither here nor there. But you know, Andy <laughs> and I, we like to idealize as we are. Um of course. This, Google had an interesting week. I will say because I was dropping links in Andy Slack, like I don't know, I didn't like have Diddy a dropping for... hit singles in the yeah. mid nineties. Yeah, back when he was Puff Daddy. Um, so uh, satellite well, image. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as old as as you millennials. I'm far more in touch with the youths of today. Okay. By the way, just uh, just another slight digression. Have you seen the war against millennials from Gen Z? <laughs> It, oh, and it's like all over. Don't, t- don't turn against each other. <laughs> no, I'm a different generation. True. So this is true. It's come and it's valid. They make fun of us for avocado toast because we complain we don't have mortgages. Like all these, they're like, <laughs> like hey, man, we didn't ask to be born in this world that your generation ruined. That and yeah, that's the thing is Gen Z is calling us. Is that you guys didn't make anything? You haven't fixed anything. 
So, um, millennials are... Google that if anybody's curious. You could probably find it on Twitter, and it is definitely all over TikTok, as I have learned from Taylor Lorenz, who covers this sort of thing uh, at the New York Times. Um, and, once, anyway. and once again, <laughs> we in Generation X are now like reaching for the coffee table, putting on the headphones for our gaming unit because we don't want your argument to to interfere in our yeah. In our my, being my left husband's alone been laughing because he's Gen X. He's been laughing. He's like, it's about time. Uh, anyway, so this week, satellite imagery of the Black Lives Matter Plaza has finally been updated in Google Maps. Uh, I think we talked about that last week mm-hmm. as... How Apple it, Apple had updated mm-hmm. it, but somehow Google hadn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was very interesting, and I'm going to jump ahead because in our notes it was organized a bit differently. But uh, when I watched last week tonight from last week uh, <laughs> with John Oliver... Um, he talked about how Google Maps had immediately updated where the Columbus statue that was thrown into a lake uh, during the Richmond racial justice action. Excuse me. It was via an Instagram post from the Richmond racial justice action. Uh, He said that apparently Google Maps had updated that location soon after the Columbus (laughs) statue had been effectively drowned in the lake, which... (laughs) That's what you get for mass genocide. But anyway, can't, uh, <laughs> can't, can't kill it that easy. This is he's yeah. like, he's like what he said. Everything he symbolizes is like Jason. Yep. He was you held him down in the water. He didn't come back up again. But you just know what the first shot of the next movie is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, he's yeah, it's marked now in Google Maps, which I thought was it's marked as user generated content, which well, makes I, me... I look at, if, if, if you look at it, it's it's like one of those Google Maps, like red place right. points. It's not like one of those integrated yeah. like, official guide things. But right. I, my, my, my hat is off to whoever it was who was cheeky enough to say, why don't we mark yeah. the middle of this 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 lake? <laughs> which makes me think about how else like this could be used during you know this time it just i think google maps could have a lot more um could have a lot more usage but maybe maybe it's also best that it's not i've seen a lot of rallying happening on social media on like instagram and twitter but i wonder if google maps could be added to that but then i think about how maybe dangerous that could be for the folks who wanted to do harm to the people who were justifiably rallying together anyway it's it's a new it's a new era of uh of of, of mass digital get-togethers and this is just it was an interesting little tidbit um a couple other yeah actually you know you just reminded me of something that i'm gonna you're gonna your your listeners you're gonna be hearing something you're, you're going to hear something live here. I, I didn't. I have not checked to see uh, if Chaz has been marked as like its own district. Yeah, check check on that, would you? Also, Apple I don't think Hill. it's called Chaz anymore. I think now it's called something else. Since oh, I last someone, checked, someone already had the the URL. <laughs> okay, so Chaz doesn't give it. Get doesn't doesn't give you there. Let's spell spell the whole thing. Oh. It's not to, it is not there. Maybe let me, I'm just going to see if I'm typing it incorrectly because again, I'm generation X, which means that I'm not as much as I'm, I'm no Capitol Hill autonomous zone. Huh? How about Capitol Hill autonomous zone? Seattle. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for too. 
<laughs> add a missing place to Google Maps. That's, that's disappointing. Unless there are like several different Capitol Hill autonomous zones. Okay, there's the Wikipedia article. Oh, that's disappointing. You know, there's no infograph. There is. Uh, hmm. See, because that, that is interesting because almost immediately, if you typed in Black Lives Matter Plaza, uh, even before they got the uh, even before oh, you yeah. got the, uh, uh, the the satellite imagery, it would give you like the location like on a Google map and an infograph. Hmm. I, I wonder if that was a deliberate choice. That there is nothing, there is nothing controversial about Black Lives Matter Plaza. It is mm. slightly controversial in conservative circles that are trying to like <laughs> paint this area as a like <laughs> demilitarized zone or something. Where I think the the joke was that. <laughs> They describe it the way that it's, it's described on Fox News, and then someone on the ground saying, ooh, I think there's a churro stand next to the Bon Mi bar. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. People are walking around peacefully with masks on. Uh, it's, a, it's a war zone down here. Um, I roll. Anyway, if anybody wants to try that at home with mm. Google Maps, they certainly can. I'll be interested to see what gets updated this week. Um, I wonder why there's oh, nothing user-generated. Nothing user generated. Actually, now now that I think of it, uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza was so designated by the mayor who has the who has the legal authority to create place names. Okay. So maybe yeah. that's the Chaz is just the name that people are giving to. Uh, uh, you know, oh, little, it's just, just it's just it's just the protolaria. Like, you know, well, <laughs> we refer to be called the, the huddled masses. Thank you very much, but. Uh, it's not official. It's just the people saying it. Uh, anyway, boy, it's been it's been an interesting time to be on the internet. I'll say that. Uh, speaking of which, I thought this was. Yeah, I, I'm ashamed to say, just because I I grew up being educated in the United States of America, <laughs> and because of I grew up mostly public school education. It wasn't until high school uh, that I went to a private Christian school, and, and more on that at a later time, of course. <laughs> um, so up until that time uh, in public school, I had learned very little about the era of slavery, although. Let's be honest, it's it's not really over. It's just changed. Um, so Google Calendar, you know, on that note, Google Calendar now recognized Juneteenth as a holiday. And if you're listening to us when this podcast goes out, which is June 18th, um, June 19th is known as Juneteenth. Uh, in 1865, that was the day that the last enslaved peoples in the Confederacy were freed. Supposedly, again, because... We didn't have Google back then, so or Twitter for that matter. Yeah, they they, they, they actually they actually pinpointed to like the spots in Texas, which were the last two where the, uh, Union troops were able to say, "Okay, look, you're all you're all free right now." Right. So, and obvious obviously there wasn't a hard end to yeah to, to slavery. Uh, we had right. we, we had lots of Jim Crow to uh, to look forward to. Uh, well, on on that note, so it it is great to see. Google took a little subtle stance by putting that um, in the Google Calendar. It is an important date that should be recognized, um, not necessarily because of the abolition of slavery, because as Andy and I just mentioned, it was never really abolished. It just kind of changed. Uh, and so I would like to invite our listeners to check out the book by Michelle Alexander called The New Jim Crow. 
It's available on the Play Store. If you're looking for something to read this weekend, you know, as a part of the the experience of education, uh, you can go to the Play Store, type in The New Jim Crow. It will populate. This book came out in 2012, so it's actually um, pretty recent in terms of uh, information. It's all about how the U.S. criminal justice system um, is now really uh, our racial caste system. Um, that's that's really what it functions as now uh, in the U.S. So anybody who would like to educate themselves, this is a good weekend to start. Uh, you know, just in, in solidarity with uh, the Juneteenth. Call it a holiday? I don't know that it's a holiday. It's, ho- it's a hol- date. Ho- holiday in the sense that um, a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations are, are giving their employees the day off for it. And the, the, the sooner that it adds like that roster of uh, you know, Arbor Day and President's Day and Memorial Day, like the, the default set of things that every calendar is marked as, um, I, uh, I'm just uh, – it would be great if it were closer to October so it could replace Columbus Day uh, because – Well, that's Columbus as- Day is Indigenous Peoples Day. For those of us that... Hanging on by by its fingertips. We we need need a hammer. We need to, like... (laughs) We need to... We need to drown some more statues. Right, right. We need need to behead a couple more statues. Um, (laughs) Andy, what is this tidbit about Heinz ketchup iPhone cases? Are you telling me this is something that distributes ketchup on my hot dog? Which, by the way, is the Chicago way of having a hot dog. And yes, it is completely legitimate. Thank you very much. That's fine. (laughs) Nope. I'm not... not The the first time that some... some commentator or some article said that there are people who not they, it didn't even the article did not take a position on ketchup or no ketchup on hot dogs. It simply indicated that there are there is a school of thought that uh, that mandates that ketchup has no place on a hot dog. Uh, and then in Iceland, it's ketchup and mayonnaise, by the way, topped with fried onions. Yeah, and a herring that's been. Buried for like no, no about herring, thank years. God. No herring thing. I'm sorry, I don't <sighs> like herring. My husband loves it. Him and his best friend love it. I don't understand why they love it, but they do. <laughs> uh, they could eat it by the bucket full. <laughs> Speaking, I do, I do love a hot dog with crunchy onions. Anyway, so Speak. Heinz ketchup no, cases. All, uh, all I'm, <laughs> well, is it, if this is well, this is relevant to to Google. That uh, someone brought to my attention that uh, the Heinz the Heinz ketchup company did some sort of a licensing deal with a case manufacturer and you can get a whole line of iPad and iPhone cases that have like the Heinz logo on them. One of them is like sort of like uh, they have like floating ketchup bottles and like sort of like you can squish them around and move them around and they're really, really cool. And it just reminded me of as much as, as much as I like uh, my Android phone, the, 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 the standardization of a, a pixeled case design or even a Samsung phone case design will not be so widespread that if there is only one style of a really cool phone case available, it will be available for Android and not iPhone. That's the one advantage that is absolutely non that is absolutely impossible to argue against that no matter what kind of phone case you dig, if there is by the way, we're making a limited edition of eight phone cases made, including materials from the finger bone of St. John. You're talking about Casetify. Yes. I am. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I'm very annoyed with them because all their stuff is only for iPhone. Yeah. See, 
And they have cute, like they have, oh, excuse me. Okay. They have Galaxy. Fine. They have Samsung cases, whatever. But they have, they have cute stuff. They had the Lisa Frank license for a while. Couldn't get <laughs> anything there. Uh, they have, they have so many licenses, but like nothing for the Pixel, nothing for any of the other Android devices that I use. I don't even think they have USB-C cables. <laughs> it upsets me. Yeah. Hello Kitty. Yeah, exactly. Sanrio. I, I would love Pokemon, to have a Pokemon. That's Marie right. They case. have Pokemon. That's what I wanted. Yeah. That's why I was upset because that's the thing that I wanted. And, and, and we can go the DIY route. I know that. But just the idea that, you know, if you want to have one that has Andy, you know, this, but this one has floating. It, it's, it's a liquid case, you know, with the, with the liquid glitter in it. Yeah, yeah. And then it has little Pokemon heads that are part of liquid glitter. It's so cute. And I, I, can't get this for my Android phone. Mm-hmm. This is upsetting. I, you know what? I'm going to write them a sternly worded We're cool letter. people, too. <laughs> At least not, not me personally, but among us, there are cool people. We, we just, appreciate, you know, Hello Kitty and Pandaba and you know, Botsmaru so and Hanamaru. And- Botsmaru is still, is still it. He's still around with his, with his attitude, let me tell you. Mm. I still have to, my <laughs> my life coach amongst my team of life coaches, Botsmaru, or someone with a personality much like Botsmaru. Well, the thing is, Botsmaru is also super cool. So, Andy, that makes you super cool. <laughs> uh, <sighs> shall we have a commercial? Yeah, let's have a or commercial. an advertisement. An advertisement, a break, if you will. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia, and with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of Material, and you'll get access to native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and industry-leading processors, root access to your server along with API version 4 and a Python command line interface, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements, one-click installs of the most popular apps including WordPress, LampStack, and game servers for Minecraft, and more. Go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. And Linode are hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash material and the promo code material2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, Google certainly had a week, uh, which is great for us because it gives us plenty of things to talk about. Uh, the first up on the roster is Churchill Gate. Now, this is a scandal that has rocked Google from east to west of the United States. <laughs> um, even though the the person involved in this is is British, but anyway, um, I guess we're they, related. Uh, Google, anyway. They were so upset about this that the Google Doodle on June fourteenth was just in Helvetica font. We can't even. That's how overwhelmed <laughs> and upset they were about this. 
So early on June 14th, people had noticed that Winston Churchill's photo had disappeared from knowledge graph info boxes that populate during Google search results. So when you search for a famous slash well-known person, you know, whether or not they have a wiki page, they get a little box that comes up, lets you know when they were born, you know, where they're from and kind of what their role is in the general landscape of people. Uh, apparently, this is something that uh, has been circling around since April. So it's just that June 14th, it just so happened that a mass of people brought it up to Google. And you can actually, we're going to link the Twitter uh, thread where this was all sort of going down in terms of updates and things of the sort at twitter.com slash search liaison, which I didn't realize was an account. Yes. But this it's is the, it's the official like search liaison. Yeah, it's how fancy. <laughs> the, um, the ombudsman of search. Uh-huh. Ombudsman uh-huh. On person, Twitter. I should say. On Twitter. Uh, so Google heard their outcry, took immediate action, and addressed the problem later that same day on June 14th. The Google search liaison Twitter account gave a blow-by-blow account of this. Um Start off with images and such panels are automatically created and updated. During an update, they can briefly disappear. So this was the reasoning for why they had possibly disappeared but i guess if something is missing for a couple of months it's it's not because of a recent update this is an rss feed we're talking about here uh they did some investigation and the reason for the glitch actually revealed a lot back in april google got some user feedback complaining that the system had chosen a photo of a young and scruffy looking churchill to accompany those search results and uh and then it showed a more iconic photo of him was, was, later sorry they asked asking them to hey was, isn't it more appropriate to have the not not the like young drunk Kirch, churchill uh, that's going out and, and dating but right. they we will fight them on the beaches we will fight right. them on, you know yeah it's it's the equivalent of uh ernest hemingway in his marilyn monroe years Wait, you want, was you he, want, he was with Marilyn Monroe. You, if you do a search for, for <laughs> Raul Julia, you want to get him from the picture from Kiss the Spider Woman or uh, or the Adams Family. You don't want to get the one from Mortal Kombat. They would, I, someone would complain that perhaps that's not the most iconic way that people remember fair Raul enough. Julia. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so human reviewers, of which there are, still at Google, they checked it out and they agreed that the photo did not did not hold Churchill in his historical figure light that we all sort of imagine him in after what we learned about him in school. Uh, so they blocked the young Churchill photo, which normally would select, would have the system select new one, right? And you'd go and change that system and go, okay, I guess we'll have to find something else. Um, but there's actually an existing policy in place against non-representative information appearing in the knowledge graph this is very interesting. Now, if we know about the knowledge graph, they talk a lot about this at Google I.O. every year. And the way they talk about it during the keynote, for instance, is very theoretical. We don't actually see the code, you know, the APIs that sort of feed into this thing. But there is a giant computer behind the search engine that we use all the time uh, that is processing all this information and choosing like what it is that you should see first when you land on the page. And um, so due to a bug, that system never chose a new photo. So um, Tipsy Churchill has appeared without a photo since April. So you search for Churchill and there's no photo. I mean, I'm shrugging in real life to Andy because... 
you could you could see so april may mid-june that's how long it took for anybody to even notice so yeah i mean nobody was really we're i think a couple people probably trying to get some churchill quotes into you know the general vernacular because of everything that's been going on but not enough to really, you know, notice it. So while most people who noticed assumed it was a glitch, lots of people on Twitter replied to that search liaison Twitter explanation with skepticism. Uh, and Andy writes in our notes, bordering on outright disdain, which if you go and read through that Twitter thread, which again, we will link in the show notes, you will see some angry folks. I, I mean, um, well, they were they were pretty snippy about it. Like as though, like what what agenda is Google pursuing by saying that we want people who do a web search for Winston Churchill who look in that little box on the side without clicking through any of the search results to not see his picture, and that way no one will ever know what he ever looked like. It Step gets three, it profit. gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse. So speaking of profiting. Deanna Lorraine, a former Republican congressional candidate and a Trump supporter, uh, basically used this to pivot into a a larger (laughs) global conspiracy against whatever. So she tweeted to her 294,000 followers, which, like, honestly, that's a lot of people. This is where we are right now. Google will not show Churchill's picture, but they will happily show Hitler's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, accompanied. This was accompanied by screen captures of Google search knowledge graph boxes for both showing. Well, Churchill's not honored here, but clearly this like. Well, you know. duh. There, there are no good pictures of Hitler as a kid. And also, when it, whenever the whenever like the remember this is all being done algorithmically, they're not human beings doing this. And so, no. whenever like the algorithm says, "Okay, do we have pictures of Hitler Youth?" It doesn't necessarily turn up pictures of Hitler himself. It's you can see the quandary that's in place. You have to go with with old bunker Hitler. She also described that Hitler bio as glowing. <laughs> that seems like, a bit of a reach. This is Yeah, I just I don't okay. I think she was just trying to get another retweet from Trump. Um he had actually anointed one of her early tweets which where she laid the blame for um the u.s's laggard coronavirus response on dr anthony fauci which those of you who have been paying attention to the news fauci has been like the only person to actually espouse any sort of good info (laughs) from the government because nobody else is because y'all still aren't wearing your masks out there if, if if he needed to if as if he needed to establish his credibility as a source of valuable information, there are clips of like him standing in the background while Trump is talking, and you see him going. <laughs> so this is an interesting thing to note because on one hand you're thinking whatever the API did its thing, the knowledge graph didn't surface this image. It's not run by humans. This is a common error in, uh, you know, the computer world. Things like this happen. But when you really kind of dig into it, this is important news because what uh, this former Republican congressional candidate was doing was attempting to effectively rally the troops against Google. And now this is something that has been this has been a movement that's been going on. Uh, There's a lot of anti Silicon Valley sentiment brewing in dark places of the Internet right now. Uh, it's a little worrisome because it's basically doing what happened. It's basically do what ha- doing what happened to us in media, 
where we were discredited by the president of the United States and we were being referred to as quote unquote fake news. And so now there's like this huge movement of people are like, well, I can't believe that. That's like fake news. The media is fake, blah, blah, blah. And as you, it's not to say that Google maybe doesn't deserve some of that discreditation sometimes. The only reason I say that is because it is an API again that's behind it. And there is trial and error with these things. This is technology as anybody who has been in this world for several years can attest to like, Technology is not perfect, and it is constantly being iterated on by people. The thing we talk a lot about on this podcast, but it is very scary to kind of see this like this bigger movement um, because then, yeah, it makes things like Google, which I think a lot of people would uh, say it's a global source of information. It makes it discredits that, and that can be very dangerous in the long run, especially, especially with uh, the new little next little news tidbit that we're about to discuss. <laughs> yeah. See that, but the, 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 the difference is that everybody can have, uh, can and should have uh, a rational amount of skepticism and I wouldn't sure. say fear, but uh, d- desire for companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter and Apple and Microsoft to not get so powerful that they can't be controlled. Uh, but it's a, it's an important part of the the far right's dialogue uh, and messaging that hey we have an enemy here when we're going to point to the enemy that we want you to attack. Yeah. Google is trying any any time that a social media outlet modifies or edits or does or annotates or puts an info box next to things that our brave wonderful conservative commentators and politicians are saying it's be, it's not because they were completely wrong and dangerous information about the coronavirus it's because it's because they're trying to censor our our first amendment rights and get the not and prevent people from seeing the truth and that's becoming a bigger and bigger issue for google i mean witness trump issuing an executive order two days after Twitter simply said, yeah, here's some information about mail-in voting. Not saying that, okay, he's off his nut again. He just tweeted – the tweet that he's just trying to post is absolute nonsense. Everybody – it's provably absolute. They simply said, get the facts about mail-in voting. And for all – and if you're a Trump fan, it can even be, wow, Trump didn't even tell us the half of it. Twitter is going to tell us the full facts about this. But – and when you rewind the past three and a half years of this administration and all the different things that he felt did not require uh, an executive order response two days later, but you put a little, hey, get the facts about mail-in voting and boom, the full wheels of the executive branch are ground into motion. Hey, we've got some other facts that <laughs> are making the rounds that uh, are not actually facts. Uh, they're, they're fakes so to speak. So also involving Google, and I had alluded to this just a bit ago, Google uh, took action this week against The Federalist, which is an online publication, and Zero Hedge, which quite honestly, I'd never heard about until this news tidbit came out this week, and I linked Andy to it, for violations of ad policy. Um, (laughs) So 
just to cut, let's, I want to try and rein this in to make it easy to follow along. So we will link to the Verge article in the show notes. I would uh, invite you to go read that. It's a great quick little Mm -hmm. recap of what happened. But basically, the Federalist and Zero Hedge, they're both notably known as far-right publications, okay? Because here are the headlines that you can see. Uh, and places like The Federalist, for instance, just the top stories today as of recording this podcast are <clears throat> Christians have very good reasons to fear an increasingly hostile American regime. <laughs> SCOTUS's transgender ruling firebombs the Constitution. How defunding the police endangers American lives, liberty and property. <laughs> How our anti-American education system made riots inevitable. It's this is like... <laughs> If you look at the stuff that my parents learned in communist Romania, like (laughs) you'll see a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, the news that is being circulated. That is not quite news. Um, Now, I had never been to Zero Hedge before. I I still haven't. I didn't even try and go on it on DuckDuckGo. I actually have gone to the Federalists before again. If you're going to do that, (laughs) fair listener, please do it either in incognito mode or I would say don't even do it through Chrome. Do it through DuckDuckGo, which I have found to just be a flawless way of doing that. Or browser. Scrub it. (laughs) It, Yeah, or Tor browser. Exactly. You don't want that on your like linked to you to your IP address. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) So Zero Hedge, a little less sassy, but and, and this is just upsetting me because I had talked about, I mentioned last week about my family members being QAnon, and this is like part of it. Mm. Um, a report from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is a British watchdog group, cited a Zero Hedge article calling Black Lives Matter practically a revolutionary operative of the CIA via George Soros. Those who are clued in may have heard that name before. George Soros has been, quote unquote, cited for financially backing protests, financially backing. I think at one point, uh, George Soros was blamed for the influx of migrants um, that were fleeing Syria back a couple of years ago. It, it's just, it's, it's was really, ugh. That's all I can say about that. Ugh. George, George Soros is like, to, to today is kind of like what the name of Hillary Clinton used to be. You put that in a headline or you blame something on this name and everybody that you're trying to reach will say, ooh, I hate this. Ooh, we've got to stop this. Oh, that's right. That one Hungarian businessman that's behind everything in this world. Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> sure, Barbara. Uh, so <laughs> NBCNews.com first reported that Google had banned both of those sites from its ad platform over its racist content. But that wasn't quite what had happened. So Google had responded, correcting them to say, it was actually about the commenters, not the articles. Uh, and also, they didn't actually deplatform uh, sites like The Federalist. Google instead gave it three days to fix the problem with comment with its comment content upon the threat of deplatforming. So Google went in and said, hey, Federalist, you need to fix these wacky comments that you have in your site. Otherwise, we're not going to give you ad revenue. And The Federalist complied. They, However, Google did deflate platform zero hedge after the site let a warning pass by without taking any action. So zero hedge is not has been deplatformed the federalist is not. And then the the then zero hedge has already been deplatformed by Twitter and others. They're they they don't play nice, they don't follow the rules and so they get kicked out. Sure. 
Sure. So now far-right conservatives are claiming that NBC News put out a hit on conservative media with Google acting as the bag man. Again. <laughs> Again. There's a, there, there, there aren't, there aren't, you know, in the, in the far-right in the far right mind, there is not a corkboard big enough for all the photos, nor is there enough red yarn available to connect all of these photos with all the webs of conspiracies that are trying to crush their point of view. Um, a Federalist article actually talked about this. Um <laughs> The headline was NBC News reported Tuesday, or rather the lead, was NBC News reported Tuesday that its verification unit colluded with a left-wing British activist group to complain to Google about Federalist reporting. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, More examples of this have also popped up on Fox News and elsewhere, you know, basically the usual suspects. Mm. Um, You know... I I, I I didn't quote more than that one because... I, I I truly had to like put on a Judy Garland album at the the the, the live concert at Carnegie Hall just to oh, sort of like purge my bubble. mind of mm-hmm. I don't want I don't I'm I, I had to listen to Sebastian Gorka for 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 you listeners today okay that's what I had to do because wow, I felt Andy. like to make sure that I you know I because I assume that these commentators that the nutty commentators said nutty things but you can't say things that you assume you have to actually like and yeah, they've gone. They're, the nutty people did nutty things in their own nutty way. But. See, this is why <sighs> you can get a membership to the Material Podcast at relay.fm slash material to, because we have to eventually pay mm. uh, for the treatment for having I'm to saying, watch see, these and, things uh, and read I'm, them. I'm allowing, I, I'm allowing like uh, uh, my partner here to, to witness this. I, I didn't just to get that on streaming. I actually bought had bought it on CD. And it's a two-CD set, people. So, I mean, that's these things cost money, man. Yeah, they do. So. They do. And by the way, still the best thing to do is to rip a CD if you want to add it to your uh, home library, just as an yes. aside. Um, so, but hey, don't don't copy that floppy. No, don't. Don't just copy but it. But CDs, you're... Yeah. Oh, for God's sakes, why not? Yeah, they're like eight bucks on Amazon. Yeah, um, <laughs> most of them are. So there was one kind of appropriate comment made in one of these articles uh, that... Just, that to, I just think to be it, fair, yeah. Well, a, and and but you, you hate it. You hate it when an idiot makes a point that you have to say, okay, that that one is a fair point. I will. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the cap off my yellow marker. <laughs> Turn to page thirty four, paragraph three, sentence three. Highlight that one sentence because, in fact, you amongst these hundred pages of rambling, you did say something that wasn't. Valid no, point. and and this is something that we've said on our podcast. Yes. Comments as bad as the ones on these two sites are found on YouTube, but but what is Google doing about it? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> my answer, my answer in the show notes was nothing. I mean, practically. And again, we had talked about you know the whole YouTube charade of solidarity going on last week. Um, it is. It's. It's. We bring it up because, yes, Andy and I are scoffing at it. Like, this is ridiculous, right? On one end of the spectrum. But then, on the other end, there are people who, like, really do read these sites as news. And then you have Google, who's, like, embroiled in this sort of, like, battle, this ideological battle. And it's just, how do we reach a balance in society with what is happening? You know, I, I feel like the internet evolved so quickly before 
we were able to really get a handle on it. And that's why the everything is just kind of exploding in our faces. Because in the very beginning of the internet, it was very much this like niche community that you kind of had to be in the in the crowd to kind of like get on. And then as it became more public, more accessible, uh, it became so without um without any reins. It just was like free for all, come in, uh, consume content. But there wasn't really any expressed uh, rules or regulations. I know that's kind of a bad word in some people's <laughs> ears, but there's no regulations over what that content was. And um, this is, it's, it's hard to find. It's hard to find a balance. Um, yeah. But this, this does, this does point out like a, a central weakness. The reason, yes. the, the the trigger incident for uh, Google taking action against these two sites was the fact that complaints, specific complaints, were made uh, by this action group, and so and so that's exactly how that happened. YouTube is um, a different kind of problem in that number one, I, I think it's I think it's possible for someone to go to to go to the Federalist website. And read through the comments of every single thing that gets posted there, and clean house once a day. I th- I think it's a small enough site that that's possible with the content that they produce every single day. With YouTube, there are so many videos being posted and so many comments on those videos that if it's not caught by an algorithm, it's uh, unless somebody calls it out and demands action from YouTube, it's going to stay up there. Now then you really do play in, well, how come it's so hard to make complaints and actually see uh, a channel pulled and deplatformed? And then uh, the follow-up question is, how come when these when you have these YouTube superstars, it seems as though they can get away, they get, they get 48 strikes before they have to sit in the timeout box for a week, and yet anybody else who has just a few thousand uh, subscribers, they're the ones that will get it in the neck and be completely de- demonetized immediately. That's they, the, Google has – YouTube has a lot to answer for. And so as a part of this conversation, uh, while we acknowledge that the scale of YouTube means that something that's easy to do for a blog or even a news site is not as easy to do with YouTube, that doesn't mean that YouTube does not have a responsibility to – run a clean house. Yeah. I also think that this, um, just related, not, not about YouTube, but I also think it's interesting to note, remember that Google is an ad platform. It's not a content mill. It's the content is whoever is running the content. And so it's, um, it's against the, uh, it's against the interest of Google's business to say, no, 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 we're going to demonetize you kind of thing. Um, you know, that's not how it makes money. So in the end, try to make good choices and use DuckDuckGo <laughs> if you're going to go out there and look at something weird and creepy and very baity in terms of headlines. There's so much more that we could say about this. And I'm kind of reining myself in because I, you know, because we need <laughs> to move on. We do. Yes. We do. Um, so this is a question that I feel I am getting tweeted at pretty much every single day, which is, Yo, Flo, when is the Pixel 4a coming? I've gotten this question a lot. I'm also getting this question because I feel like um, people want to do something nice for the loved ones in their lives and their loved ones maybe need new phones. And of course, you would wait until the 4a comes instead of trying to buy the 3a. 
which you know would be perfectly good for your family member who wants a smartphone but doesn't want like a smart phone. Um, anyway, I have some unfortunate news. So sit down for this one if you're not already. There's a rumor that the Pixel 4a has been delayed until October. I know. Ra- I know. Rather, the 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 delayed phone has been the delay has in itself been delayed. Sure. Yeah, we that's were, another we, great we were, way to we put were hoping, it. We were hoping that it would be really. It was. We were expecting it. And if, if all the all the Intel Intel said that they were ready to announce it in May at Google I/O, and then of course Google I/O was canceled, and then the rumor was maybe they'll, they're going to announce it maybe in June and start strip shipping it in July, and that they salt box is ready to go. As a matter of fact, some people actually through I'm sure perfectly above board ways. <laughs> Managed to get their hands on actual like consumer shrink wrap boxes and take pictures with it and demo it. But now it looks like, yeah. Okay, I have a theory. Now I haven't gotten to the full like new, you know, details yet, but I have a theory that after that article came out about Rick Osterlo being disappointed with the Pixel 4, they had an internal internal Google Meets, Google Beat meeting. <laughs> And they said, you know what? We're just going to push this back until it's perfect. And that's what's happening right now. This is this is the fruits of all that. So uh, a tipster, John Proser, said the 4A will be announced, was supposed to be announced on July 13th, but it won't actually launch until October 22nd. I think, no, I think he's sticking to the idea that it will be announced on July 13th with a ship date of October 22nd. Sorry. Yes, I misread that. So it will be announced in July, but that's just a tease. It won't actually be launched until October 22nd. So I guess this is akin to what happened with the Pixel Buds. It was an announcement happened in October, but they didn't actually come out until, what, April or May of this year? Uh, He cited that the phone is listed in the system and says that he's confirmed it multiple times just in case the system could have been wrong. He also says the delay is due to market issues, not hardware issues. Sure, Jan. Previous reports had claimed that the 4A was ready to announce in May with a ship date close behind. I think the big question here is, are we going to care about this phone when it also ships alongside the Pixel 5? My vote is yes, because this is going to be the budget alternative to the flagship Pixel 5. Um, But at this point, I am a little worried just as as a Google fan. I'm a little worried about what that's going to mean for the hardware lineup this year, because... Samsung can get away with launching three phones at once, and it has. I don't know that Google can, because even though Google has the cachet of being Google and here's the Pixel, you know, in it's I feel like it's in its best interest to do concerted launches versus here's everything at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also the timing of the, the timing of these $400, $350 phones. Uh, is really precise. There's a, there's a reason why Apple uh, comes out with the SE like six months before yeah. like the next bump of the of the iPhone. There's a reason why the the 3A comes out six months before the four because it really is for people that if there's because you've got six months worth of buffer there. Um, people who are for some reason were not so enticed by the four that they bit at $700, $800, but once you give them something comparable for only $350, $400, they are glad that they held out. This is what they want. And the idea of a whole new model is so far in the future as to be almost inconceivable. 
uh, under, under that mindset. But what happens when there's there's a phone in October, and you know that there's uh, it's likely that the all the iPhones this year and all the Pixel phones this year are going to be delayed a, a little bit uh, because of coronavirus, because of everything that was involved in trying to get these things produced. But nonetheless, you know that it's not going to be six months to wait until you can get the next one. Uh, rather, I'm, uh, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to think about. Uh, this phone shipping in October, and then somebody who isn't desperate to have a new phone then and there, not thinking I'm at least gonna I'm at least gonna wait a month just to see if if the, the if the the, the Pixel Five has uh, has hover techno hover drone technology that it just keeps it has like a, a an aluminum ion projector that will make it neutrally buoyant throughout the air because if it does well golly that's worth an extra 280 dollars to me or anybody else i think uh and then oh. uh, see it's 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 gonna be weird and then and but to say nothing of you're going to be competing against the next iphone a month away from the next iphone a month away from everything else uh now maybe uh, i'm maybe i'm entering this with the with a consumer brain that I have, and it shares the same skull as the person who writes about technology, maybe the real consumer is more like, "Oh, hey, I actually need a new phone uh, because the old screen's been broken. This one looks four A looks pretty good. Great, I'll buy it four hundred bucks. Great, I can certainly afford that." Um, but right now, you are finding so many deals on uh, on the on the Pixel Three and the Pixel Three XL. Uh, there's still good deals on the four. Uh, excuse me, on the three A. Uh, you can find even some cut rate deals on the four. That a lot of people who might have had four hundred dollars in their pocket for the 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 spring the, the spring line might be thinking, "Gee, I'm going to get the three XL now. I can get a 128 gig model with a bigger screen for what I was going to spend on the the lesser model of Pixel Four. So eh, we'll see. This is as uh, so many of the stories that we report on this year. Uh, they it contains the postscript. We're in new territory, so we really can't predict what the what the right answer is. I also just I also feel like it's not a good idea because I imagine that the reason, for instance, Apple announced the SE when it did is because I feel like that's that's how market trends are. Like if you're launching something in October, you're launching it for the holiday season, and I just don't know that I budget phone is the kind of thing that you want to launch for the holiday season rush because the whole you know the whole capitalistic ideal of like i'm gonna get you the next new shiny thing to put underneath the tree like i don't know that that philosophy really (laughs) resonates with the a the a line of devices um i also i'm just completely speaking off of conjecture. I don't know if that's what it's like, but I imagine that there was some sort of market research behind that, that everybody had access to. And that's why things were structured in the way they were. Cause even Samsung doesn't announce it's a series models along with the galaxy S series, right? Like those, those get their own fanfare events. And then the a series kind of gets uh, silently launched, but you will see those phones populate at all the carriers and people are buying them and using them. There's some of Samsung's best sold models. So I, I, I don't know. That's, it's a bummer. I honestly think it's a bummer. It's just been a bummer all around. Um, I just want to digress again very quickly. It's just been a bummer all around because last week we had the Android 11 beta hit and I installed it and I really missed having the kind of the the hustle and bustle of Google I.O. 
to use the beta at because every year I would be around colleagues and friends and we'd all discuss the beta and what we liked about it. And I would like learn little things from people that were using it, but like doing it on my own at home by myself was, it made me feel kind of sad because it, it really reminded me like what I was missing out on that social yeah. aspect. Um, cause I, that's one of the things that really attracted me to the Android ecosystem was the community. And I don't really have that without Google IO and it's kind of a bummer, even though, yeah, I have Twitter and Discord, but it's just like not the same as being in person and be like, hey, let me compare my phone to yours. Like, what's yours <laughs> doing? You know, it, it, there is a it's it's a fun element that I didn't really get to have this year. And so this is just further news that I think is going to bum out some Google fans. And um, if anybody needs a support group, my Discord is open to you. <laughs> so. Um, moving on to a couple of other, just another little Speaking tidbit. of people who need a support group. Yeah. Uh, if you've got the new Pixel Buds. We're sorry. You may, yeah. You may be having some connectivity issues. Side note, one of my favorite yoga online yoga teachers was wearing these in an Instagram live the other day, which kind of excited me. I was like, oh, I, cool. Um, maybe they're also having connectivity issues. So... Yeah, it looks like the Pixel Buds are having some connectivity issues with response to or uh, with regards to Bluetooth. So folks have been reporting bad connections and disconnections. And Google actually posted to the Pixel Buds support thread. I just wanted to let you let all of you know that we've heard you and our team will be rolling out software updates in the coming weeks to improve Bluetooth stability and connectivity. Uh, Google also sent Pixel Bud owners a very long questionnaire, which Google is want to do. I mean, this is something that happens often, quizzing them about any issues they might have been experiencing. So Google definitely knows that maybe it didn't get the first batch right. Um, but it it is very just like, okay, seriously, we have like beta earbuds out there. This this isn't an Android 11 beta. Like that's yeah. free to opt in. <laughs> like this one I dropped some money on. So <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, it, it's too bad. They're... they're, they're so many occasions in which they ship something, they put the, the label pixel on something, mm-hmm. and that kind of guarantees that the first month is going to be, oh boy, it's like someone left a whole bunch of Lego bricks in your bed underneath the underneath the mattress underneath the duvet, and you're going to have some very very hard sleeping until you get those shaken out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a bummer, um, but that's it for that's that's it for hardware news this week. Ugh. I will say before we take another quick little break and kind of go to our after dinner mint, I just want to say that the only headphones I am interested in buying are the BTS version of the Samsung Galaxy Buds that are coming out because not only are they a very cool purple color, but I mean, listen, how else can I show my boy band fealty? I don't know. I see you're you're just driving a bigger wedge between your generation and Gen Z. They're going to say, hey, that's not your music, lady. That's our music. You go back to your NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, okay? And I'm like, whoa, it's just like, ugh. Anyway, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm teetering on a line here. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm just. I'm just saying. No, you're I you're I my friend, and you're looking out for me. I completely understand. Believe, I believe do not me, want as, Gen Z knocking on my door. I don't want to get involved. Just as a lifestyle <laughs> choice, I don't want to get involved. But I hate I hate to see you youngsters feuding. 
Because if you're feuding, you're not doing those jobs that I, as a Gen Xer who doesn't really want to do any of those jobs, we I really need you to guys to build the economy back up. Because I think I think the biggest burn was a TikToker. She was 20 years old and she was saying to those of you who are saying that I look like a millennial, which is like, what does that mean? You look like you're in your 30s. <laughs> like, it's 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 getting out of control, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's always been this way, and the internet has just amplified it a little more. I don't know, but um, I'm scared for myself. So you look uh, like you've done a refi, <laughs> so you can add on an extra bedroom for the second kid that you're about to have. Um, is there like a flag I could put in the front of my house so that people know like I'm Gen Z appropriate? Like <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey Google, the floor is lava. Oh no, the floor is lava. Smart display is like yes. really ruffling. <laughs> <laughs> so this so listeners, that means that while you hear the, the you hear the earthquaking, you should be standing on top of your chair and jumping to the bed in the ottoman with your kids. Because the floor is lava and it's going to continue to be lava until that sound goes away. I think I think everybody stuck at home should do that with the kids. Get get them to kind of burn off some energy by doing that. Um, that is cute. And that is one of one of the reasons I really do enjoy that. I have one of the reasons I am glad that I chose the Google Assistant as my ecosystem, because I think this is going to be really fun when Mona is like old enough and I get to actually I mean, I know that like Amazon's assistant which I don't want to say because I don't want to trigger anybody's uh, echoes. I know that the echo has its own cute little tidbits that it does, but you know, this is like the wash your hands song, which by the way, I now <laughs> sing when I wash my hands. Cause it's just, even my husband, I caught him singing it the other day and I'm like, are you singing the song that the Google assistant taught us to wash our hands? He's like, yeah, it's catchy. <laughs> it, it was easy to remember. So, you know, I like it. I'm into it. <laughs> Don't you feel that the, I, I, the, I, that's some of my favorite parts about smart assistants and smart speakers, too? And I I also love to imagine that it, it's the source of a certain amount of tension, like in the at the in the cafeteria at these companies where it's like, oh, hey, Todd, how are, how are you going today? Uh, not too good. I'm on the Pixel Buds team and there's. We don't know why, but we applied a new firmware update to the to the network stack, and it just keeps disconnecting. We don't. It was working fine. We have to lock this down, and I honestly don't know if we're going to get that to work. Oh dear. Uh, how, how about you, Jane? Like, oh, I'm on, I'm on the YouTube team, and we're trying, we're trying to, and I don't, don't ask me why. It's my fault that uh, that Churchill has no has no picture. But now Fox News is yelling up, yelling down my snorkel about this. Uh, uh, how was your day? Well, um, I work on like the personalization features of the assistant. Uh, and I spent the morning coding up something so that in the morning you tell the assistant what the secret word is. And then anytime like the assistant hears the secret word, it screams real loud. You know, like on the Pee Wee Herman show. <laughs> That's a good like, one. Oh, wait, suck. can we do that? Can we do that? No. I, I, is that I, possible I we, yet? I think we should. I, I haven't I have not seen that, but I would like. Oh, my gosh. That like, is brilliant. Hey, hey, Guillermo, today's secret word is dog <laughs> okay so whenever i hear someone say the secret word i'm gonna scream real loud oh my gosh <laughs> so, 
That would so, be really fun. And so when when your kid says, uh, "Hey Guillermo, uh, set a timer for run for thirty minutes." All right. What would you like the reminder to say? Walk the dog. You said the secret word. That would be so fun. I would love that. It seems like a lot that. more fun than like tightening up like the the, the PHP lockdown protocols or whatever. <laughs> of, of a web server. That's now all. I want to know who who I can who can I pitch this to at Google. See, that would be you know what I think that would make a great BuzzFeed article. Like the the fifteen features the Google Assistant should borrow from an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> and like, <laughs> there's got you know there's gonna be some integrations there because the whole point of the Playhouse is everything is anthropomorphic. So why not <laughs> have that spirit brought to these. The mass is this 15 Nest Minis that you have in your house because you keep getting them for free with every like bundle of banana that you're buying at the grocery store. It's, you know, it's like, here, have a Nest Mini. It's goes well with goat cheese. I don't know. (laughs) I bought a container of sour sour cream. Instead of having like the expiration date printed on the side, it had like a Nest Mini on the top of it with a battery pack that will actually (laughs) say when it's going bad. Um, I would okay. The Nest Mini is the is the Tribble of 2020. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, listen, I love the Nest Mini. Okay, but I, I know it's, it's they wonderful. have it's just... they have propagated like little Tribbles everywhere. They're just you know they're just appearing. It's like ah, I didn't I forgot that I put one in that room. <laughs> you know, even sometimes I'll log into the Home app and I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot I put a Nest Mini in the bathroom so I could like listen to you know Enya or whatever. <laughs> As as we've noted, it's getting almost comical how difficult it is to go through a month and a half without being offered a free Nest Mini from some place. I mean, I mean, look, I'm going to still take it. Okay, will, I'm still ta- going to claim it. it. I will absolutely take it. <laughs> I will just don't stop offering it to me just because I'm making jokes. Well, you know, you know, if you if you take off like the like the the cloth screen part of the top of it, it makes a really good like soap dish for the for the bathroom. Like for those fancy like shell shaped soaps, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I got I got two of those one for the one for the tub side one for the uh, sink mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Ah, the things on you can the do. kitchen sink. Now that's where I put like the 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 scouring pad if it's still wet. I just put it like in there and it drains. You don't I think use I actually a... have one that's being used as an actual Google Home Mini. Can't remember where it is though. You don't use the Scrub Daddy and Scrub Mommy. They're my favorite. They're, those are my. F- I, I don't want to feel as though I'm the easily manipulated tool of, of the Shark Tank people. That's all. Oh, no, Andy. They work really well. I'm telling you. I, <laughs> I, listen, there's a reason. There's a reason that What's-His-Face backed this, okay? Because my only issue is how darn gendered these things are. Like, the scrub daddy is the one that's, like, tough and can really get to stains, you know, and really get to that grime on your dishes. And the scrub mommy is the soft one. It has the soft side so that you don't ruin your pans. And it's like, why? Why are we gendering this? Just just call it the scrub person and just say soft or hard. Anyway, that's <laughs> let's end the show. Let's end it. Oh, I think so. <laughs> um, so if you would like to support us, which we definitely appreciate, those of you that do, relay.fm slash material, where you can sign up for an annual membership. You not only support us, but you also support our wonderful Relay FM family. Um, Andy and I do have some bonus 
secret episodes in the pipeline. So if you're interested in those, you have to become a member of the network. Um, plus you get a bunch of other neat benefits too. Andy, is there anything, uh, you know, that you're up to this week that you would like to leave our listeners with before we go our separate ways? Uh, yes, I'm, uh, as usual, I'm on Boston Public Radio on Friday on, with my big uh, high-tech Heidi Ho. Uh, go to WGBHnews.org at probably 1130. So, sometimes the governor or the mayor keeps breaking in and, mm. and bumping me for an hour. But mm. Uh, mm. usually they post the show like later that day or the next morning, and you can just go to WGBHnews.org and stream it later if you did not, were not able to stream it, stream it right then. Perfect. As for me... I'm just toiling away here in my pink lighted cave, uh, writing about the Android 11 beta. I was hoping to Twitch stream this week. I'm not quite sure if it's happening just because I realized there's some babysitting issues that I didn't quite consider. But uh, you can find out more about that. Uh, you know, just go to flowrights.tech which is my cute new little domain that I have going and just like go there. I've been adding a bunch of links. Um, if you play animal crossing and you want to trade items with me, that'd be great. Cause I'm trying to like complete a set that I have. So trying to get all the pink and purple things. Um, but besides that, that's it for me. I guess, I guess next week we'll have another show. So until then <laughs> be safe, be healthy, be happy. Bye everyone. And wear your mask. Over Please your mouth wear your and mask. nose. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Your your neck is not shedding coronavirus. Over your ne- over your mouth and your nose. Please. Thank you. 